we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to another episode of a Purely Arsenal podcast. It is Sunday evening for me after a 1-0 loss to Manchester City at home. And we're going to review that and the Benfica draw in the first leg away. At um at Olympiacos, is it? No, sorry, it was um it was in Rome, wasn't it? The, the yeah, second yeah. legs in Olympiacos, that's of course. And I got the man of the podcast at the moment, James Johnson, with me. Hey, <laughs> yes, I'm good. I'm good. Now it's um you know it's always hard to come on after a defeat, but uh, yeah, to be done. So no, we've not made a habit of it, have we? I think this. No, I know. I know. We all knew it was happening. Which is, yeah. we'll get into whether that should be the feeling <laughs> or not. So this one, I think we were all accustomed to that. Yeah, we'll be on because I've already yeah, come and to I, terms I, with I it. I just wanted to say as well, um, it got it got flagged up last week that me and you made the mistake of saying, William, come on, and we conceded the two goals. It was, we were already one. conceded one by the time. Yeah, so I apologise for that. Me we, too. Pride our, we pride ourselves on that we are uh, very... <laughs> And get it's it's good when the listeners are listening, you know, because I'm yes. like, I'll pick up on one thing and I'll be like, they got that wrong. And, it, and do you yeah. know what? It does, it sticks with you, doesn't it? It doesn't matter if the mm. hour, other hour mm. podcast you were in depth and in, it, it does stick with you and you, and you mm. want to comment. So, no, I know, I know you, um, you're going to touch on it later, but, um, obviously there's stuff about the abuse that players get and the agendas that people have against certain players. And, um, I didn't want people to think that we were trying to, agenda size you know if that's a word or put the agenda on Willian to the extent that we blamed him for two goals going in um we, yeah, we and just, I don't think we yeah. were saying we did I think I mean it's, it's moving off topic but um we'll get back yeah. to it but um he didn't feature at no, all was really was just killing the momentum when he come on <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the, that yeah, was what the we were energy. trying to convey but we just did yeah. it in a bad way. Well, I yeah. Yeah, well, well, in this game, um, we never really got a chance to get any momentum. So, if we're going to lose it, what we've realised is kick it in early and then, you know, yeah. after that, everything's uh, a bonus. But um, Jack, let's talk about it because we, we talked for, for days leading up to these three games about lineups and rotation. And I think um, Arteta's quite clever with rotation generally in it so mm. far in his Arsenal career. I think he's been really, really poor overall in his Arsenal tenure with the way he uses his substitutions. Um, but in terms of actually rotating and being sensible using players and when they've had an injury, keeping them out for a few extra, I think overall he's been about as sensible as you can be. So talk to me about the City lineup. We made five changes, but also I think you've got to touch on the fact that we were unchanged for Benfica, which I think was a surprise to everyone. Mm. So for me, um, touching on Benfica first and foremost, just quickly, I wasn't as shocked as most because I looked at it and was like, well, he's clearly rewarding those players that, albeit okay, you know, I think the Leeds keeper did help us a lot on the day, but um, they, they, they blew Leeds out of the water quite early. And I think where in the Europa you've got the five subs instead of the three, he probably looked at it and was like, right, let's see if this lot 
can blow these because Benfica are on a terrible run of form from everything that I read. You know, obviously Portuguese football isn't on very much over here. If not, it's not on at all. So I don't know to the extent the full, um, you know, Benfica. Full in the league, their managers been yeah, under pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've gone out of all the cups or whatever, apart from the Europa League and everything else. So. I thought, yeah, he's probably done it again to go, right, I'm going to blow all these out. I'm going to try and get two or three goals early again. And then I can make my subs with this game, potentially, possibly in mind. And, um, yeah, obviously, we just had a poor day at the office with the finishing. I People were completely criticising the performance. Like, oh, no, it was rubbish. It was terrible. And for me, I was like, it wasn't necessarily the performance. It was the finishing from a banning that that was you know um I, I i didn't think it was that but i mean that to me they they offered no real threat um i think i mentioned it a couple of podcasts back when you were asking me about it i was like all you got to do is stop this peasy guy because they've for me they've got nothing else other than this guy but he's a tricky type of player and um, he, he scored them the penalty but other than that i didn't think he created much i didn't think they created much either to be fair and, um, yeah, like I said, I think we just were like, let's try and blow them out and then we can make the changes with this game in mind. And then going into this game, I said to you, I think he's going to rotate it. But I thought there was going to be more than what he actually did. So, um, yeah, there was no, you know, when I looked at the team, I was like, well, I'm not expecting much anyway. Uh, and that's that's not, you know, I know there's this whole, oh, yeah, well, you think you're not going to win he's accepting mediocrity and I'm like, well, it's, it, I, I'm sort of with that to an extent of how the goalposts keep moving for what is the expectation for Arsenal Football Club and what is the expectation for this manager because for me, this manager's getting a lot more leeway than I believe anyone else would if he were in the job. Plus, um, Plus Arsenal Wenger, yeah. Well, and if fans were there as well, you know, you know, um, because for me there's there's two glaring differences between obviously himself and Unai Emery in the fact that Arteta won his final and Unai Emery lost his and he lost his to a terrible extent um, you know I was calling for him for to be sacked after that final and for me it's just like well that, that final when he lost it was him it wasn't the players but seemingly every time Mikel Arteta loses it's the players, it's the players, it's the players. And I'm like, but but he's got better ones than what was there before, plus they're the same. So why is it that it was there, you know, it's it's their fault now, but under Unai Emery, no, it was Unai Emery's fault. And I'm not sticking up for him because we all know, if you go back, if you want to go back and listen to the archives of when Unai Emery was in charge, we were all telling him to get out. We all had enough. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm unhappy that he isn't here anymore. It's just the narrative for this manager currently um, is 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 ridiculous because it's gone from oh no, he, he needs a top four, James. He needs a top four. <laughs> now it's oh no, top six, top six, <laughs> oh top ten, top ten. You know, at one stage it was don't get relegated. Well, that was oh, me. that was mostly oh, our it? podcast, was it? Oh, um, football club, don't get relegated. Nah, I'm not having that. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not having that. 
where do you think just to go um and i and i i agree with you i do do the comparisons there Marie, and and and, and um I, I think i've got criticism a lot recently it's like hey, you know yeah you, you must want our terror out with the way you're commenting on things and stuff like that and it, it's not really that what i'm looking at is um yeah like like you said i'm comparing the two situations because they're, they're, they're the most recent situations and also um I think this lineup sort of plays into the fact that, of course, it kind of throws back to your mind when Emery um, decided he was going to focus on the Europa League, right? And he he, he dropped players for home games against Palace and Brighton, was it? Mm. And and we lost both of those games. And, um, yeah. and, 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 and on that run where it was like all the animal teams beat us, so it was like the yeah. Eagles, the Foxes, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and we were like, okay, you've you've completely balls it up here because we literally mm. were nailed on for top four, and mm. uh, winning just one of those games would have got us top four. Yeah, um, exactly. so and, but we were all we were all um especially on this podcast we're saying if you go and win the Europa League though we will forgive every bit of you but if you don't you, you that's it mate you 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 know you, there's no justifying it and but the weird thing for this two games James is if you look at it just on the on the format on the play um in terms of who the personnel sorry um you you would say we're we're already prioritizing the Europa League is that wise to do um when we're hitting the first knockout stage, I mean, in fairness to Emery, he prioritised the Europa League when we we're in what second leg of the semi-final, somewhere around there. It's, I mean, there's a lot of good teams left in the Europa League. One bad performance and you are out. Um, I just think it's, um, even though I don't really think there's a lot left in this league season like you don't, um, I, I, I find that a bit early even to be doing that. Is that what we're doing, or is it just? the fact that the games came in the situation the context they did um, I think I think it's a bit of both I think it's a bit of both um, it, I, for me it's not really one or the other I think obviously the, the rate that the games are being played at with the world situation because they're like look the fixtures have got to be done quicker because they still want a Euros and there's that rumour at the moment about how Apparently, our government's going to offer. Well, sorry, my. I know you're out there, but <laughs> um, yeah, the government here are saying that they'll stage the whole Euros like in '96 and have everyone because they reckon that by that July slash August time we're going to be all hunky dory and everything else like that. And I'm like, well, I'd love to know what you're basing that off, and I'll probably find that out later on tonight when the <laughs> when the briefing's over. But um, so, yeah, it's, the games are coming thick and fast. So I think it's some of it's chopped and changed because of that, obviously, to keep, you know, the, 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 the old dreaded red zone, as they like to call it. And I mean, we've had players go out, haven't we? I mean, Tierney come back yesterday, still got party who offers so much to this team. You saw it yesterday, what not having someone like him in there does uh, with the two sentiments that we did play. And, um, and then added to that, as well, I think you have to prioritise it because you, you, you're tenth. You're already <laughs> out of the league. Yeah, you're in tenth place. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. When, when the other teams around you do drop, um, we don't capitalise. We we've been like that for ages now. You know, I I'm not trying to get overly carried away, but if you look at it and go, okay, well I've I've seen Chelsea draw one all. Um. Obviously, them lot down the road have just lost. And I'm like, well, let's see if we can get something out of it. And like you said, um, it was a whimper yesterday, wasn't it? It was an absolute whimper. 
my frustration um, with, with the sort of um, progress rule against the best side in the league, which they clearly are and they're going to walk the league, I think, this season, I think that's pretty clear, um, is it's not the defeat. It's the manner of the defeat. And that's that's my issue. And I think both games, home and away, are correlated. Both early goals. And I think it's really hard to evaluate the opposing team once they get an early goal because there is absolutely no need for them to push on. And what City have shown this season, if anything, is that they actually don't feel the need to push on and win three, four, five nil in every game. They're much more sensible. They know not to give away silly chances. Right. So, so we so we knew what we were playing into. So at that at that point of that and we'll get to the goal of conceding that goal, the onus is completely on the team to 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 bring the game to the other team, right? And um I, I just I look at it and I look at City's results and of, of course they're on a fantastic run of form and they're a fantastic side. But but Leeds had twelve shots on goal against them, seven on target at home. They should have beaten them. Um, West Ham got a point at home against them. Tottenham beat them, even though they were they were battered to be fair, but they did beat them two nil. Um, for some reason though, when you enter this game, someone said um, tweeted. I think it was Tim Stillman said, you know, this is the most boring sort of fixture list in our lineup, and, the, and I think the reason he's saying that is because it's just so obvious what's going to happen. And and I I, I take a I take a 6-3 like Arsene Wenger used to go and get back in the day at City. I know he had some some worse results at other clubs, but but um, in terms of that sort of expansive play and the will to just create and keep trying to create no matter what you give away going back behind you. But I also think context is really important. You just said it. We're 10th. We're, it's literally the league is win or bust. If you don't win, you may as well lose because a point isn't getting you anywhere. It's not getting us anywhere, right? Yeah. It's not getting us in. We are 10th. In order for us to get anywhere near what the objective was from Arteta and Edu when they sat down at the start of the season, which would have been top six, um, they have to win, you know, they have to win probably 10 out of the last 15 games minimum, right? So, and I think I'm being kind. So, mm. I mean, so in this game, and albeit this game could be an exception, at 1-0 town, surely you have to go, we are going to go for it. Because if we lose two or three, we have the confidence. I haven't, this team isn't so fragile that they're going to break down like biscuits um, collapsing because they lost to the best team in the league 3-0 rather than 1-0, right? They can all cope with that. Yeah. Let's go and give them a bit more of a game. Look after the final whistle. Smiling. Yeah, smiling, happy. They don't. Well, we know they don't care as much as we do. No. We know for a while, haven't we? But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like clearly, clearly, you, you, you expected you were not going to win by just by how you're out. I'm not saying you know fight and then be pissed off about. But if you're going to do all that stuff, do it in the tunnel. Do it yeah, of course. I don't want to see it. Do you know what I mean? Because it, because then it just clearly indicates like you don't. Like if I fans were in the crowd, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah, but I'm like, I already perceive you don't give a shit. And now you're showing me you don't give a shit as well. So part of me's like, I know I shouldn't be really angry because I'm expecting it. But at the same time, I, I don't I don't want to see it. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. I, I'm with Roy Keane on that. I'm like, do, do, do that shit somewhere else. Like, don't, yeah, that wasn't one of the non-negotiables. I mean, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yes. With, but I also... The camera is so annoying. I also think, I mean, I think City made five changes as well, right? And and in fairness, of course, they can make ten changes well, yeah, and still be strong. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not being silly and saying no. I, I am, I am not 
upset that we lost. I thought we were going to lose anyway. It's yeah. the manner of the defeat. We had one shot on target, which was Kieran Tierney, a speculative effort in the first half. Okay, you can say we came back into the game a little bit, but I mean, it couldn't have got much worse than those first 10, 15 minutes, could it? So um, I, the last thing I want to ask you before we actually get into the game is I think the overplaying... Um, generally speaking, of rotation at this time, I think we overplay it a little bit. And the reason I say that is we're in the Europa League and I think people seem to forget that when you play in a group stage of the Europa League, you have the ability to rotate your team more than any other Champions League team in their Champions League group stages, right? Because they can't do it other than maybe City, of course. And I know we were playing City today. Okay, get it. But um, we literally would play a completely different eleven in the Europa League games, I, I think bar one or two, right? So we had six weeks there where we were rotating more than anyone else above us anyway. So I think that gets forgotten. Okay, now we're in a zone where we can't do it because we're in knockout stages. But mm. but this is, you know, we're talking the whole season leading through here. And I also think other than parties injury, Tierney in the recent weeks, sure. I think we've been relatively lucky with injuries, I think. You know, in comparison, I mean, you look at Liverpool in yeah. fairness and, and, you know, and you look at other more, sides. Um, it's more of the classic injury that's been at Arsenal for quite a while and that's bruised egos, mate. That's the one that's uh, yes. hurting yes. us the most is the bruised egos. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, absolutely. But, um, so, I mean, let's talk about the game. We started terribly um, again, um, a bit like a bit like the Villa game, but Villa game, we actually, you know, sort of um, weren't, weren't so terrible with the first 15 minutes. We just conceded a goal. First goal, James, I thought it was just terrible defending from... The minute it got out to the right, the minute it came into the box, I mean, it's shocking to give a player that's that, you know, just that high, a free space like that to get a header on the ball. I mean, it is pretty schoolboy defending, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, all week I've said, look, just don't get embarrassed. Like my whole thing was just, just, just don't get embarrassed. And um, I think people took that as in, oh, you, you don't want to lose by like the threes or the fours or whatever. But... <laughs> we were embarrassed two minutes in. I'm like, I know obviously the scoreline didn't reflect embarrassment, but I'm like, that's, that's, it's a brilliant. So first and foremost, I'll say it's a brilliant cross field ball from, I think it was Ruben Diaz that pinged it to Mares. I think. In my, I can't even remember that ball who yeah. played it. Yeah, I remember yeah. Mares. As soon as Mares yeah, got I'm the ball. Like, I'm like, he's a proper splitter of a pass. So I'm like, straight away, I'm like, and he's a proper oh, player, isn't he? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, but deserved man in a match. I'm like, he's he's been levels for them. I mean, I've always rated John Stones. I know a lot of people have. Oh, you were right on him, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's raised John Stones back to the yeah. level that I always thought he was anyway. Yeah, done um, Joe Gomez any kind of thing at that yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's proper sorted them out big time. It was a great signing. It's been uh, arguably one of the signings of the season, if not the signing of the season. Um, so yeah, he obviously he's pinged it. It lands at Mares, Tierney, um, for all our praise him and everything. He's he's done all ends up there. It, you know, there's no. I always say you've got to stop it at source if you can. You got to again. He just keeps dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. Saka, who was switched to the left, which I understood because I'm like, okay, that's tactical from the point of view of that he wants to eliminate that overload because he knows that Mares is going to go for Tierney all game. So he wants that additional better defender on that side than Pepe, because Pepe wouldn't, you know, and also with Cancelo that pushes up as well, 
he's like, yeah, if I can get Tierney in behind on an overlap with Saka, he can feed him and then that can get that crossing, which, again, don't know why we pump all these crosses in when I think you said it the other week, him and Lacassette, since they've been at the club together, combined got five and now it's six because of that diving header against uh, Leeds. Yeah, which, so, let's face it, it hit him in the head rather than yeah. him headering it. But, yeah, 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 exactly. But, um, yeah, Saka is, is jogging back. Um, I know, obviously, best player offensively, everything else that we've had recently. And, you know, I'm not digging him out, but if you watch it, he's jogging. He makes no real attempt to get back in there and help Tierney potentially stop that as source. And then the cross comes in and Sky went completely on Rob Holding. It was Rob Holding, Rob Holding, Rob Holding. Um, for me, it's him and Bellerin. I think Bellerin doesn't shout. Comes off Bellerin. And yeah. Bellerin's just too slow to react. Yeah, yeah, you know, Bellerin's not picking him up. And then and there's no shout for Holding and everything else. And um, like you said, five foot seven, if that. How many headers he got? Space. I want oh, to know yeah. how many headers he's got. I'll look yeah. that up in a second. How many headers Sterling got? I think it's two. I think Sky said that's his second ever headed goal. Yeah. The other one was against yeah. us, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, um, you know, I keep saying it, it, it was it was um sixty-four percent, then it becomes sixty-five, it's now at sixty-six percent. We concede first. Sixty-six percent. We let the goal in the first time. And we're a team that when it's nil nil, we're struggling to break people down. We're struggling, like we can't break anybody down. But now we're playing catch up. It's never going to happen. It's never. It's never going to happen. And you know, literally, all of us in our group chat went game over. I mean, the only time the only time we've come back this season, maybe there was one other time, but it was Southampton away, which was quite yeah. recent. But but it was an instant reply, which is different, which is which is where we've done okay, kind of like we did at Benfica. If we yeah. have the instant reply, we send to settle a little bit. But but against City, you're just not getting that because you're not going to create chances, or we're certainly not. Um, but I agree with you on that. And and, and the thing with Rob Holden is, um, and I'll get into better in a little bit more because I don't, I don't want people believing this again. We're singling out players because Bellerin's coming for a lot of um well his two sides isn't there he's a very divisive player isn't he Bellerin yeah. let's put it that way he's, he's sort of getting across from the um sort of the newers who I'm calling him because it seems like there's a big division in the fan base but we're gonna we're gonna get to that but in fairness to Rob Holding who I thought was actually very good after that moment yeah he to be was honest um yeah he was in fact but on the other hand in his last four or five appearances, he has made big errors leading to goals. And yeah. it, let's be honest, these are the kind of things that Mustafi would be ruined for. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And I think I think Rob Holding, I, I, I think if people listen to this podcast, we, we've been very complimentary of Rob Holding. We were for the mm. new contract. I, st- I still mm. am for it, but I am. I've, I've always been of the belief that he's one of four centre-backs yes. and not necessarily, um, um, certainly not in the future, um, a, one of our first two starters. But, but he, he, I mean, there's two kind of similar instances there, the Ollie Watkins one and the Sterlings one, where, where he's just not really aware of who's around him. I agree with you on Bellerin. I think he, he does that too many times defensively. He just lets the player go. Lead second goal was telling point, wasn't mm-hmm. it? He just let him go, right? And by the time he realises, it's too late. And it, the, the thing with Hector Bellerin is, and here I go again, but it, the thing with Hector Bellerin is um, 
he always used to get himself out of those defensive problems because of his elite speed and he doesn't have elite speed anymore. I don't even no. think he has average speed anymore, to be honest. Um, mm. I think he's very, very slow for a fullback now, which is, I can't recall a deterioration in speed in that age bracket ever, to be honest. Mm. No matter what the injury, cannot and, recall And it. You're, you're the expert on it, but all I ever see is, is oh, it's that injury, it's the injury. And I'm like... Not no, related. I'm like, I've... I've got a guy who, when we on podcast with, and you, you told me they come back stronger normally. Yeah, it's, and, it's not related, James. I'll tell you what, yeah. um, I was going through this with someone the other day. Um, let's go through some of the ACL tears, right? Perez, I wouldn't say, I would say Perez was better before it. Pace-wise, he, he came back to the level he wanted, he was at. Didn't last long, but he did come back to the level mm. he was at. I think he did it 2002, didn't he? Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic 2004, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Let's when, um, when, when, they, when we won the league, they bowed to him, didn't they? When he was, he still yeah. had the, thing on his leg yeah yeah, yeah exactly that, yeah. yeah exactly it was against Newcastle I think when he landed yes, off the was. pitch yeah, yeah, yeah. that's was it, it yeah. Rivera as well it like might have been yeah. yeah I think it was an awkward land but I can't remember yeah, but yeah, um yeah. what Walcott um may not have come back the same player if you want to say that but speed wise returned very yeah. quickly uh Kurt Zuma's another one took a while mm -hmm. speed wise came back mm -hmm. very quickly um so actually the the only other instance that kind of crops up in my mind is Michael Owen but Michael Owen had like literally torn his hamstring off of his off, off of his um pelvis and in it, that was more of a mental thing with him he always felt his hamstring was going to go now with Bellerin it's, it's really it's very 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 unlikely to be injury related because literally when they come back from that injury they literally cross and check every single thing to make sure they are back to where they need to be I I just it just chucked out to me when did he come back 12, 18 months ago? Mm. First two games, I saw him back that what we're seeing here is a player that is no longer, to, in my eyes, no longer dedicated him, himself across the board to the to the game. I, I, that's that's what I believe. And I think you can see that physically. I think he was never, I'm not saying he was ever Lukaku or anything, but he was, mm. you know, physically he was, I mean, the guy, the guy was, was becoming like a beast towards, um, yeah. before his injury, to be honest, even though there was yeah. some deterioration in his performance before the injury, but in terms of his mm. physicality. And he, he, he was a very, he was becoming very strong, strong, strong player. And he was, um, he was, to be honest, it's just, um, that he, he can't get himself out of trouble anymore. So I agree with you. I think he was massively at fault there and a lot of people will miss that. I don't think a lot of people will call that as him being at fault there, but he just lets him slide off him. And in fairness mm. to Holden and Mari, that they're not going to know he's there unless you call him and there's not a call. Yeah. You can watch I it. I mean, uh, over here um, on Sky, it was um, Neville and uh, Tyler and they they just both were hammering Rob Holden for it. And I was just like, well, Gary, hang on a sec. That's your position, like where Bellerin what? But they didn't really make any, he didn't make any comment really on it at all. And I'm like, oh, I've never, even at the level I played at, I never played at right back. But I know if I, if my right back did that, I'd be turning to him and going, well, what were you doing? Yeah. It was a bit, it was a bit like um, what I said, you know, with the Villa podcast in that obviously Cedric's made the mistake. He's, he's called the 999. And no, nobody turned up to help. Nobody turned up to, yeah. you know. And it and was, 
like I said, we, we do praise um, Tip. It was really passive from Tierney. Yeah, I was, mean, you yeah. cannot jockey like that. And if you're going yeah. to jockey like that, you better make sure you stop the cross. And it's, he doesn't do anything, Mahrez. No. He's a fantastic player, but he's the most one left-footed player other than Pepe on the pitch. Yeah. And we, know, you yeah. know exactly, I could, I could watch that 10 times before mm-hmm. I'd ever seen it, and I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to cut onto his left and whip it in. So, yeah. So, but Tierney doesn't even attempt to block it. He's no, about five no. yards away from him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying clatter the guy or you know, be get closer, silly. But yeah, you got to engage at least. Yeah, you got to engage at least because it's like we keep saying, you know, the space that we vacate. Oh, I'd, I'd love Lacassette, Bamiang, Martinelli, Pepe, Saka, whoever to have space like that. But these teams don't give it. It's only us that gives these. You know, well, they're, they're basically freebies. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I said, we can't keep playing catch up and all that, but we're giving teams head starts, Jack. We're like, there you go. Have that. Yeah. He probably, yeah. he probably couldn't believe that he could get up and score a header like that with such ease. Oh, no, it was lovely, it wasn't was, it? And then ridiculous. after that, it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's on the side mm. that is... Well, they were just shell-shocked. They were just shell-shocked, Jack. For about like 15 said, minutes. Rob Holding come back afterwards, but initially they were, he was shaky and all of it. They were just a mess. They were an absolute mess. So we had a good spell for 10 minutes before the end of that first half where Teeny's getting loads of joy. But then, as soon as the second half started, they they saw that, negated it right away, and we were we were back to square one again. With nothing, absolutely nothing. I do find the centre back total rotation a little bit strange, even though I know Holding and Mari have done well, but Mari hasn't played for six weeks or so. Yeah, it yeah. is odd to me to pick this as the game when you know who he's coming up against. Mm. As the game, here you go, mate, bed yourself back in. I mean, it was, it was odd. You know, you would have picked Leeds. You would have even picked Benfica where you've got another leg or I, I found that odd for a player that had been not playing first team football for about six weeks to bring him yeah. back in. Um, and especially when next to him, he's got another player that has in Tierney that hasn't been playing for about four weeks. Um, I, I, I found, I know the rotation. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm make your rotation but I think he really put himself in no man's land once he decided to stick with the same team against Benfica which I'm not saying was wrong let's be honest we should have won two or three against Benfica and we would have all said it was the right decision if we did but um, once you do that you then probably have to rotate and against City, and I think maybe it was just it was. I found that quite surprising in the back four to just have two players that hadn't played for for weeks sitting next to each other against the best team in the league. I was like, mm, don't, I'm not sure how this one's going to go. And then just to touch on your point of of switching Saka and Pepe, the only issue I have with that is I think it it plays into the mentality of the type of coach we have. So what I mean by that is, I think when we went away to City, what did we do? We played Willian in false nine. Would he have done that against anyone else? I don't think so, right? So what that strikes me as is him being, I find it really odd when someone is so defensively concerned that they adjust their attacking players, where their attacking players are meant to hurt the opposition, right? So if you go, do you know what? This is a three at the back game. I'm more okay with that. But if you go, even though Sack has been absolutely unstoppable on the right and Pepe actually has been pretty much the same on the left, I'm going to switch them to help us defensively. I always look at that and go, you're literally negating the one area we can hurt them in. 
And I think yeah. that is such a defensive minded thought process. Yeah. And I, I, Unai, Unai Emery would have done the same sort of thing. And mm. I, 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 you remember we used to do the old diamond midfield with Guendouzi on the right and Torreira on the left and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it, it bugs me. <laughs> I understand your point. I know they're going to hurt us down the right side. Saka's obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in fairness to Pepe, when he's played on the left, and I even mm-hmm. thought in this game, he had no feed whatsoever, but his effort was there. Um, his ball recoveries have been fantastic. But that, that, but that was the trust thing, the player. After, after the goal went in, and, you know, like we said, obviously, we, we had that spell in the second half. I'd have just switched it just to give it just second half and make the left back go, oh, I've got second there this way. Oh, okay. Well, I might have to be a bit more careful. And do you know what I mean? Like swap, swap them over and make them think about it. Do you know what I mean? Like make, give them that extra dilemma or whatever. But um, the change didn't come till way, way later in the game. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing that we keep saying is, is the substitutions for me, the personnel was always wrong and the timing's wrong. And I mean, yesterday, the Danny Sabios one, What's the point? I'm just like, yeah. At that time, what's exactly. the point? I'm like, El Nenny should have come off here 20, 30 minutes ago. And or, or Xhaka, if you want to give him a break, because well, that's yeah, what you're doing, but, isn't it? You, you know, I, you can't play them two players together. I, You know, we've all come back and gone, well, uh, El Nenny, when he come back in, look how good he is and everything else like that. But we know what he's going to do. We know, we know what he is. But it's it's when he you know when he was playing against Liverpool and then when we played against Man United, it was just a case of look, mate, your job is to stay in there, shore it up, and give the ball to people that can do something. And there were times yesterday because I saw Odegaard get absolute pelters, mate, on Twitter, and um, I watched. I watched a podcast last night and it had the chat up and he was getting slandered in the chat. Oh, how wait. How Alex wait Scott and stuff like that. Well, well, wasn't at, well, and I'm like, they never gave him the ball. There was a time in the first half where Bellerin is obviously, you know, dribbling forward and everything else. And I'm, I'm not trying to dig out Bellerin. I'm, I'm really not. And it's literally like you've got a five-yard pass to Odegaard who's in space there and can turn and potentially bring one of that front three in. And he just still tries to beat him down that side. And it's like you said about Aubameyang and everything else. And again, I'm, I'm really not sure. But I'm like, you're weak as piss, Bellerin. You ain't, you ain't ever going to get past it. You ain't going to break. You ain't going to break yes, past as well. Him. You know, and um, <laughs> so it's just constantly like trying to sprint past, you know, trying to sprint past Fernandinho and, and I'm like, you're never going to get through with this. You're never going to get through there. I'm like, Pepe and Odegaard yesterday had so much space, so much space. And it's just, they're never going to. And again, it's it's what you alluded to, I think it was a couple of months ago, in that for four or, f- I think, yes, four or five seasons now, this team's run through Granite Shaka, has it? It was back when Party first was started and all of us were like, bloody hell, they all just keep passing the Shaka all the time. And I'm like, yeah, because they're ingrained that it just goes through that guy. And it was the same yesterday. I'm like, I, I, I thought Odegaard had a, a good game. I wouldn't say he was amazing, but he could have had an amazing. wasn't the biggest could have had an amazing, yeah, he, he could have had an amazing game if they, do you know what I mean? If they utilised him 
um, because he's obviously different to Smith Rowe in the fact that he's a carrier and he's got a wider variety of passes that I, you know, I and we've only seen him a little bit, but I think he's got a bit more in his locker pass variety wise than Smith Rowe. But it's Smith Rowe's got the energy and he's a one touch, you know. Smith Rowe's the off give the and ball, go. off yeah, the ball, his yeah, movements exactly. there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, no, just him and him and Pepe, just nothing, nothing. And I mean, um, I think you guys had Lee Dixon commentating, and when Pepe got subbed, I saw that he went, "Oh, is he coming on or is he coming off?" And I like, didn't hear that. I probably knew yeah. it by that point. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I was like, "Oh, that's a bit of a dig from from Lee." And well, I, I, I can understand it because he gets yeah. judged a lot on effort. Pepe, he gets judged a lot on effort, and obviously he had that scuffed shot, and he had a few where he's trying, and he gets tackled, and everything else. So it looks on the eye that he's had a crap game and he's had a lazy game. But there, like I said, there's times where him and Odegaard have got acres of space to go. The, the ball just never comes. It just, mm. it just never, just never comes. Yeah, I wasn't. I was. I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I, I don't. They were feeding off very little, and, and that's the same goes for for Aubameyang. But I think the frustration with um with this game is again, if you're going to rotate, it seems very odd to me that you don't start Lacazette when you know you're going to have very very little of the ball, and you probably need someone to just be able to hold it up for you. And I think Aubameyang in this in these types of games where you're going to have very very little of the ball, a bit like when we came on against Wolves when we were down to ten men. I don't really see the point in having him on the pitch. Um, you're, you're basically just saying, if we get one chance, let's hope it falls to you. And hopefully you put it away because you still are our best converter of chances. But I think I'd rather have someone that is going to harry, push, in, push their backside into defenders, try to bring other players in if we do push it up. Because for some reason, we in the first half, the biggest frustration for me was the amount of times we got Saka literally in the hole. Right, it, it was almost like Saka was playing attacking mid sometimes because we were literally feeding him more than Odegaard. But every time Saka got the ball, we'd go out wide to Tierney, and I, I was just, I was just so upset. I was like, just play it to Aubameyang's feet because that's when he wants it. That's it. But we'd play it out wide to Tierney, and for all the good that Tierney is, he does a lot of playing the ball into an area rather than realizing that we have no one that is actually in the area. Right, so it, you always go, that's a good cross from Tierney. It never. Mm. It rarely ever meets anyone because we have no one that can win the ball in the air. And our six foot two striker looks like a you know a, a midget in the flipping in the, in the middle of a pitch, right? Mm. Um, or, I don't know, it's, it's that's an appropriate that word. Well. A, a small yeah. small person. So um, yeah, but at the same time as well, he, he, he can't even hold it up. Yes, so it's not like it's not like he chests it down and then lays people in, is it? It's. It's either he he's gonna fluff the header or it's gonna go over his head in the first place. Yeah, and I don't I don't love his body language in these games. It always seems to me like he feels like we're not gonna get anywhere in these games. So he's mm. kind of like you know, like he's very, very blase about it. Look look at look at what happened afterwards as well. I mean this this again, um, you know, and it's Neil's point. Neil Neil's been hammering it and hammering it, I think, ever since he got appointed the captain in the first place. He scores a hat-trick versus Leeds and he's out there, match ball under his arm, wants to chat, wants to keep talking, you know, chat, chat, chat. Obviously, loved what he said, um, especially with the stuff about his mother and everything else. Got no qualms about that whatsoever. However, we lose a game. 
wheel out Saka, wheel out Tierney. He don't want to face it. I mean, he did. Captain. He did. He spoke about this, didn't he? And he said, um, well, "One of his you're captain, you're captain. you got to, you got to face it." Yeah, of course you have. And he said, um, "You know, he doesn't like to speak after after you know when he played bad or we've lost or something like that." And I was like, "I'm sorry, oh, yeah, you, you're the captain. yeah, yeah, you're the captain. You've got to do that." So I, that that is frustrating. I agree, and that is, and I mean, just a. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt it was odd to, to start him again. I think the reason he started again was probably because of the amount of misses he had against Benfica and Arteta was like, well, we've got to get him back onto yeah, the... Play him into confidence again. Playing him confidence, but it doesn't feel like we're quite hit. We always feel like we're getting near it, but then he has... We yeah. felt like this after Southampton when he scored and then he had an injury and, missed, yeah. you know, had a few bad games again and he's never really... His season has not got going for lots of off the field reasons but also on the field you know he just hasn't we, hasn't been anywhere near the level has he so we, we, we got to go big in that department mate I'm not and I'm not even talking about as in height and everything else because there's that rumour that if we get no Europe at all he has a clause in his contract that he can leave to go to someone for however and and I think as well Lacassette's definitely like I said, for me, he's definitely going, I think. For sure. Um, I mean, this week has been telling, I think, because mm, what you've yeah. seen is he literally yeah. any opportunity he gets to drop Lacazette, he takes it. Mm, and yeah. that's a sign and, that um, you're not you, you're not going to keep a player. Exactly, exactly. And obviously, you know, we all know Eddie's not up to scratch, even though I've, you know, come to terms with that now. I've, I've had my, I've had my cry and gone, yeah. Not, he's not even making squads now, though, yeah, Jake, is he? Yeah, Balogun's potentially going to go to Dortmund if uh, Missling Tap becomes their new... I was reading that the other day. He's looking at becoming director of football there, isn't he? And, um, He'll be their Haaland replacement, will he? Well, he's, well, they've said he's one of the first names that he wants to bring through the door. Um, so you're, you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, you you might have all four, you know, but a lot of people say Martinelli's not the centre-forward, he's more of a left... But I'm like, well, you might have all your centre forward options leaving. Particularly, you you want Lacazette to go. Aubameyang might go because of this clause. <laughs> Balogun's leaving, and Eddie's, and you want to sell Eddie as well. So I'm like, what? you got no centre forwards left. What are you going to buy three of them? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. we, we got to sort. We got to sort out right back, sub left back, midfielder. I'm like, you can't. Oh, you're no not money. Three centre- I, I don't I'm even. Like, you're not buying three centre forwards as well, are you? I know. I don't even want to go into what this European Conference League is because I don't want. I'm sure we're going to have to. So I'm sure there's time for that in the last ten games of Premier League season. So we'll go into it then when we're talking about. But I don't want to go into exactly what that is. I have no idea. But um, just to sort of go back to the game, obviously, you know, in the end, that it really felt like certainly midway through the second half that that um, there was sort of like a. Just I, I said at the end of the game, who settled for the one nil first, them or us? And and um, I, I, I felt very much like that. That was the case. I felt we we weren't really bothered about pushing. Of course, they were they're a very good team, but they really weren't trying to create too much. Right? I don't really remember Leno making tons of saves. I remember one yeah. from Lindigan second half. I don't yeah. remember a lot else yeah. to be honest. Um, that that one was where was through and he pelted it, didn't he? The Cancelo one, mate, that was ridiculous. I'm like, if that if he scored there and that was allowed to stand, I would have I would have gone through the roof because I'm yeah, like because any other injury. time. Well yeah, but they're like, Oh yeah, but he didn't know it was a head injury. That's what Sky was saying. They were like, they didn't know it was a, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm like, fuck off. Like literally, <laughs> fuck off. Because 
Jack, like you are now. Okay, it's a smaller headset, but every single per they've got a VAR room with three people in, and they're all mic'd up. Press the little button, talk to you know, talk to John Moss, whatever the button is, mate. I think there's a head injury there. You wanna, you know, you might want to stop this one. I yeah, and kick you just, the head. just want yeah, um, on that. And they've just, got more angles than us. They've yeah. got slow speed, fast speed, medium speed, whatever you want to, you know. I mean, it did. I was worried because it really reminded me of like the Petr Cech one against Reading. Do you remember? Mm. And um, I was like, "Oh, please don't let it be like a skull fracture." You know, and obviously we had the yeah. the the Wolves one. But Jimenez, what I will yeah. say, yeah, Jimenez one. Sorry. Um, but uh, what I will say about it. So I'm really glad Holding's okay, and he, I think he's in the concussion protocol, so he'll miss Thursday. He probably wouldn't start anyway, but he'll miss mm. Thursday, I think. But um, it was actually a terribly time challenge by Rob Holding, and I think people forgetting if you watch it again, I don't know what he's doing. What is he doing? He's sliding for a ball he is going to never get. And then the player catches him. And I think it's accidental, to be honest, and then yeah. catches him in the head. But it's a really Yeah, I, I didn't think it was deliberate. It's, just, it's still a head injury. You've got to stop the game there, yeah. Absolutely. And um, the ref should have blown. But Moss was couldn't keep up with play at that point. He was puffing well, and panning. Just, yeah, but it just feeds into what we've all said is the inconsistency from the FA all the way through. And... You know, I'm not saying, oh, it's a conspiracy against Arsenal and all this. However, it's it's just that they've gone all about this concussions protocols and this concussion stuff. And obviously, that's your field of expertise as well. And um, it's always not been good enough. You know, I think you agree. Not, in, not, not in football, yeah. Yeah. It's not. yeah. And, um, you know, they're like, no, 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 we're changing it now. We're, we're on the ball. We're, you know... I used to go cliche, stay alert. Now we're alert. We're we're on this concussion. Kicks in the head, keep the game going. I'm like, you're not on the ball, are you? Because you've, I'm, it's like it's like I said, you've all got fourth official, lines people, like, they're all mic'd up. And nothing. Yeah, it's like what our back know? four communicating with each other for Sterling's yeah. goal. Yeah, but you know what's weird? I didn't realise is if you get a concussion sub, it gives them an extra sub as well. Yes. And yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm trying to work out whether that's the right thing to do or not because that seems a bit odd to me. But, mm-hmm. but fair enough. I mean, they're 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 trying to make it better, and that's definitely um, a start to the process. But like you said, call that, call that straight away yeah. when it's you've seen the hit on the head, call it. And um, but I don't know how he doesn't finish it after no, that. Because it could it could have been it could have been worse. Could have been a lot. You know, worse. I, I know we're always going. Oh yeah, worst case scenario. But I'm like, well, yeah. When it's a head injury, you've got to take worst case scenario. No, of you course you do. Yeah, you, you always to. have to take. Yeah, you have to. You have to plan for the worst at that point. And and, and the the ref's job is to allow medical team to get on the field as quickly as possible, which is stopping the game straight away. Yeah, um, exactly. So exactly. yeah, that's basically what should happen. But um, I, I, I guess at this point, I, mean, I don't want to talk too much to the refs. But I couldn't believe the Trent one, to be honest. It's so. And everyone says, well, the 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 the, the, the Trent Alexander. Of course, it's not a red card. It'd be ridiculous just because Luis's one was wrong. Doesn't make that one a red. And I went, yeah, but from our perspective, it does. The reason it does is because Luis's one wasn't just given as a red, it was then reviewed as a red, and then it was looked back on and appealed and reviewed as a red, and it is literally actually Trent's one's worse, because it's for sure impeding this other player, and I know it's accidental, and in any common sense law, that is not a red card, because clearly Trent Alexander did not mean to, but that ain't the rule anymore. 
the rule yeah. that is not the rule and that is where they, they can't suddenly become it feels like they just suddenly kind of switch to common sense they switch from the rule book to common sense whenever they feel like it and it's dependent on the ref and that's where the frustration will come in from um well specifically in this instant from Arsenal fans and even I looked at that and I thought that's got to be a red that's got to be a red and they gave a yellow and I went yeah they're, they're, that, now we're going to be annoyed because you're not you're not even remotely trying to be consistent but in the end I don't think we showed enough um, there's a stat saying I think in the last 15 minutes of games we are I think we scored the, the, the second least amount of goals in the league and I think that plays into what you said James which is if the biggest issue I had in midweek was not necessarily that we went with the same 11 because obviously he was happy with the performance and he wanted a bit like he did at Wolves right or was it at Villa at Villa he wanted to play the same team at Villa because they've done so well in that first half before the sending off against against Wolves and I was like Fair play that. I mean, you, you, that, you know, you play your players that have played well, of course. My issue against Benfica was the, the, how long it took to make changes. I mean, he waited till what, 10 minutes from the end, I think it was, to make Martinelli and, and, and Pepe came, come on. And then I thought, again, his changes were a little baffling to me again. So you're telling me that he hasn't played Martinelli centrally, I don't think ever, but he decides to play Martinelli centrally in a knockout stage. Of, of, of a European competition where it's absolutely vital where, that we win over two legs. I was like, you've had all of these dud Premier League games. Villa, last 25 minutes, brings Willian on instead of him. Could have done it then. Could have done it then because we were losing anyway. Do you know what I mean? Villa at home, 3-0 down. Oh, but, oh, he was injured then, so I won't say that. But there were so many other times. I've, I was like, that is such an odd point to do it. And if we really mm-hmm. want to go and get a goal, we're going to take our best goal scorer off from last season and not bring on our best one from this season. I was like, that that is odd to me. And we barely got Pepe or Martinelli a touch of the ball. Why do you think our substitutions, no matter who it is, it just feels like it kills any momentum that we might build. And we don't really know how to chase a result, James, which really no. concerns me. It goes back to what you said earlier. Um, this is a guy that exercises caution, first and foremost, over, um, you know, getting a result. And <laughs> I, hate to keep, I hate to keep repeating myself, but um, the people around him, you know, you've got a guy there who, for the majority of his career, was a loser. He's a, a, and not just a loser, but a huge loser. At oh, no, who are you talking about? Just to Round. double check. Round, Steve Round, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a guy that he was part of the Steve McLaren's England setup. And look at all the players they had. I know that, you know, Sven bottled it, Hodgson bottled it. But that one, Jesus Christ, to not even get in the Euros at all with that team at that time. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, you know, Man United, okay, when he was with Moisey, it all went, you know, it all went tits and everything else and he was straight out the door. But... Do you know what I mean? They never kept him around. They didn't just go, oh, yeah, maybe we'll keep you to settle in with the new guy because you've been with these players. And they were like, no, get rid of him as well. Get, get rid of him straight away as well. And I just think he's, it reeks of inexperience. We know that, you know, and I, and I, I won't, I don't like to bash Arteta with that because I'm like, well, that's, that's not his fault though. He can't help the fact that he's inexperienced. That's, that's not his fault. 
But I'm like, you've got to have better people around him. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make the comparison because it's, it's just, it's not comparable at all. But when Fergie was at United, he would always switch it and he'd bring someone in that would challenge methods or change it. You know, he had McLaren with him and they won the treble. He had McLaren as his assistant then. You know, he had that Moylestein, he had Carlos Gueros, he had Brian Kidd when they were firstly going for it when I was a really, really little. And um, But I'm like, he ain't going to tell this guy to leave in the summer and get someone else. You know, I, but I remember when he was first rumoured to come in, he wanted Zabby Alonso, and Zabby Alonso went, no, 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 look, I'm trying to make something of myself at Real Sociedad and everything else. So I'm, I'm, I'm like... You know, Freddie's gone, obviously. We knew that was going to go. And Steve Bold's doing well with the academy and everything again. And some of the academy players, when they're coming up, look how brilliant they're being. But I, there's just got to be more, for, you know, people are like, are you, you're expecting too much from an assistant manager. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's, that's the point of having them. That's, that is their job as well. And I'm like, this guy just reeks of the fact that He's so happy he's got a payday after he was sacked from Man United. He's grateful just to be in a job again. You know, he's like, and he's at Arsenal. We can't believe that he's a, still, a, you know, a big club. Because we are we are still a big club, regardless of what people say. I just don't think we own our size. Um, and I, I, I don't, I just don't understand it. Like you said, with, yeah. with Sabios, what's he going to do in that time? Strange one because he's you know he's someone that can deliver the ball into feet. Yeah, we saw yeah, against Benfica I'm, I'm the like, league cup with Odegaard, didn't it's we? Done. It's the eighty fourth minute. Yeah, you know, and we you know we weren't creating anything for a while before that, were we? Either. So we needed to change it earlier, I think. And um, and um, yeah, but like you said, that the subs it just seems like um, we lose any sort of momentum. Like we just scored against Benfica and we gone a one one, and then about five ten minutes later we made subs, and I felt like it just killed everything. And it shouldn't have done. The type of player we brought on shouldn't have done it. But for some reason, the the, the, the uh, instructions, whatever it is, or the type of player, sometimes I, I, oftentimes I feel like he gets the subs wrong. Um, I, I look at it and go. Ah, uh, you know, it's easier saying that, but but a lot of the times I think it's quite basic. Um, I was watching Arsenal versus United back in, I don't know what it was, 2007, 2008, something like that. And um, when we won 2-1 on rehead a last minute, right? Um, and we were 1-0 down from a Rooney goal. They, they were champions that season, man. You, we were, we were fighting for fourth. And um, we were 1-0 down with 20 minutes to go. And, that, that, you know, they were beating everyone, as, as United were doing in, in that day and age. And we had Henri and Adebay on. And what did we do? We brought on Van Persie. But we didn't take Henri and Adebay off. We kept Henri and Adebay on. We put Van Persie out on, on you know, left side of them a little bit. And um, we car- but we carried still Riziki and Fabregas on and playing their way. We carried on playing the same, but just said we're going to have more people in and around the box. And, and we're going we're, we're to try and get people on the end of these chances here. And, and Arswinger used to just play into that all the time, didn't he? Just, just very simple with his subs just I'm going to put on attackers and I'm not saying his subs have to be different to that as such but I think he overthinks it I just think he overthinks every sub I, sometimes it's just really obvious just yeah. like for like just yeah. overthinks no, it it's, 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 it's like we were saying it, it's, it's the cautiousness of it mate it, you know he's, he's so safe because he knows still that defensively they're frail um, I think I think Arsene Wenger obviously he knew to an extent that after inheriting the back five that he did inherit, and obviously he built on it with the free transfer of 
Salwan, obviously, uh, Torre. But he knew uh, I'm best off blowing teams out of the water. I'm just best off blowing teams out of the water. And um, and then he had people that could win you games by the scruff of the neck. They took games on their own. You know, I, I, when I was a season ticket at Highbury, I knew Thierry on reason a minute just going to get pissed off and go, I'm doing this by myself. And we haven't got that anymore. We haven't got a guy that goes, oh, fuck this, I'll do this on my own. You know, we, we just haven't got it. And, um, you know, it, it's it's just difficult. It is difficult. I mean, I know that there are people were saying, oh, we're going to have tougher times before it gets good again. But um, you weren't expecting 11 losses and, you know, the way... The way it's it it just it it's just it just reeks, mate. I'm sorry. It just it's not. It doesn't leave you with much hope, and that's that's all you ask for, really. Is that you want to look at it and go, uh, we got a chance of doing something, but we just wimp. We just wimp out and just pilter out or whatever. And it's yes, yeah, it's just not. It's not what you want to see. It's awful. It's absolutely yeah. awful. Yeah, too many players that like to sort of, you know, pass the buck and move on responsibility. And, and I think, you know, for all, and I've, I've talked up Xhaka's improvement since he's come back into the side massively. But in this game, again, it, there, there was some of the old Xhaka I was seeing again, you know, of uh, dropping down to the floor. And there was, there was a point where they were on an amazing attack and it all came from Xhaka dropping down. It was never a foul. The guy won the ball. Mm. Uh, dropping down to the floor and suddenly there were four on three and, and he drops down like he's been shot. Rolling again. Rolling yeah. and he was, and as soon as they knew, he knew they were playing on, he was up and screaming to the ref. I'm like, unless you're really hurt because you did not get fouled, how are you not sprinting back there when you've dropped down? And he didn't even need to fall to the floor. It was, it was the old... He can't, sprint. he can't sprint back there. Mate. I'm going <laughs> to... He hasn't got it in him. No, of course, it was the old, I'm going to lose the ball, so let me try and win a foul here and, and negate all responsibility if I don't win it. Mm. And um, and we do too much of that, too much of not not trying to play and trying to win the foul and all this sort of stuff and just passing the responsibility. In the end, we lost. We thought we were going to lose. I felt, again, like I'll say, um, a lot of the times this season, we should be giving more in a performance and attempting to create more. And I, I just want to see us play better football. And I don't like it when we give a team, even of, of the size of Man City, that much respect. And you saw in the first 10, 15 minutes just how um, worried and scared we, we, we were. And I think... I, I think some of that goes down to the quality of players. I think a lot of that goes down to the to the type the, to the coaching. To be honest, I, I still believe that. Um, I do not believe, and I, I won't believe, even though I've had arguments constantly on um, social media about it that we're, this squad is tenth in the league. Just don't don't believe it for a second. No. Not for a second. No, um, we sorry. might not be top four, but we should be challenging for the top six. And there's absolutely no reason. Mm. Some people might say we will. Um, I'm not seeing that yet. Um, I'm not seeing enough of that. Um, in terms of midweek, um, we'll get onto this game. Um, obviously, I think I can summarise Benfica game in, you know, just just missed opportunity. Really, I felt we were the better side. I don't feel we created a ton, but I felt we created some really good golden chances. And Aubameyang missed three absolute sitters or two sitters really, and one chance he should have done better with for me. Saka missed a terrific chance, but then got a goal, and. Um, I think I, I'm I'm very concerned because I think um, 
you know, we were one nil up against Olympiacos last season away, and that was truly away and home. And we mm. all know how that turned out. Um, now we're going to to Greece for our home game, um, but at one one, I expect them to be a lot more expansive. And I think people, you're seeing the results in Europe. People attack away games a lot more um, than they used to back in the day. And um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I, I didn't think Benfica looked very good at all, but I think you'll see a different side against us in the second leg personally um, but hopefully from us you'll see a better side as well that's the, that's the hope um, I thought Odegaard was fantastic in that game I thought he was probably our best player with Ceballos to be honest I thought his yeah. through balls were terrific yeah, I, I, thought, I, I was really impressed with Danny Ceballos in that game Yes, I thought it was very good. All action, Danny Ceballos. Yeah. And, and against good. Leeds, I think I think we we were like, oh god, we're party out. Danny Ceballos has got to perform big time, and he he did it both. And do you know what? Uh, the the main thing that I was impressed with in the Benfica game was his defensive work. I, I think was it the second half, and he made that he made that recovery tackle after Shaka and that push forward too high. He was straight in it, bang, and it. It was well timed, but it was still a good, you know, like old fashioned type of tackle. Just let him know I'm there and break that up and everything else. And then he turns around and he's like, you know, that's 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 you, that's you, mate. I'm meant to be doing what you're doing. I'm meant to be higher up doing the fancy stuff, and you're meant to bail me out, not the other way around. But yeah, I was I was really impressed. And Odegaard, you know, like I said earlier, it's the variety, you know, that one that he put through to Saka, where it was. Just how he split that. I'm like, that's yeah. velvet. velvet. And then another one again for a Bamiang, I think, which yeah. just, just got to the goalkeeper, but seeing yeah. passes. And I think yeah. the key with Odegaard, because like you said, he's not the same as Smith Rowe, is we've got to feed him early, got to feed him straight from midfield early, getting the ball, because he will play yeah. passes from deep, he will play passes from different mm-hmm. angles. Um, and, and someone like Bamiang, I think, can really benefit from someone like Odegaard. Oh, yeah, he can yeah. off him. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of the people that. You know, and I'm not I'm not completely writing a Bamiang off, but you know, he relies on pinpoint service. And I'm like, that guy can give you pinpoints, but you have to give him pinpoint service, you know. You can't just have him yeah, stand there the and he's waving and waving and waving and you you go that way, that way, or you go backwards again. Right. And that's the thing with Aubameyang. My argument with Aubameyang over the last three years is I can't really criticise him as much as I sort of tend to start to hint at because he's always been really consistent in front of goal. But my argument is if you're not consistent in front of goal, what are you offering us in your overall play? So when I see games against Benfica, I think that is not good enough because you are literally that that is like um, a goalkeeper conceding three goals but then saying they had a great game because yeah. you're literally yeah. there to 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 do that right you're you're a mm-hmm. finisher one in two finisher and now he misses that first one I, I have no idea Boy, so it's when he hit it with his left foot yeah I'm like why are you using your weak foot that like it, it, it was like he already had scored it in his head and he's doing his forward flip already yeah, and I'm not sure his body position was right. It looked like I'm straight. Like, yeah, strange. I'm, I'm like, use your right foot. Use your use your right foot, and that's that's tucking in. You're in, yeah. and we're one nil up. You know. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was a frustrating night. We should have won. I was. I thought it was a decent performance. We created some, we were definitely the better side, but we didn't win. I want to ask you about the prediction for, for midweek. I'm dreading it, so I'm just holding off for a second. Let's do a few fans' questions. I've got one sure. from um, Ash Gallagher. Um, he always tweets us after a game. Yeah. I don't always get a chance to respond, Ash, but um, 
that's not because um, I, I see so many people responding to you that I don't know where to start. So by the time <laughs> I look at it, usually I'm just moaning about the game on my own on Twitter. But Ash underscore Gallagher, go go and give him a follow because he's a top Arsenal fan. He does give us some good questions. He, he says, does, yeah. El Nini offers nothing forward of the ball. Is there a role for El Nini in your 11 versus anyone? And he also says Hector was poor. Would you be comfortable giving Cedric a block of games? I think we all agreed on the latter one, didn't we? In terms of giving yeah. Cedric a block of games, I would like, now. I would now. And maybe, maybe, maybe Thursday might be might be mm. a, might be a possibility. But let's see, Ash. But we do agree with that one. El Nini. I mean, you you you'd praised him earlier in the season, James. But I think yeah, he done I, a lot better in the back three sort of formation mm. where it was a lot more simplified yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, we 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 all sort of gave him a bit of praise, didn't we, and everything else, and thought that he was turning a corner and everything, and he's just regressed and gone back to the player that he always was. So maybe we, you know, maybe we got caught in the hype of thinking that he turned around. But there were times yesterday where he was deployed as like an additional centre back, and he couldn't even do that. He could, he was struggling with that, and I, I think as a squad player, yes. However. In the summer, you've got to find a better squad. You've got to find a squad player that does what he does to a better level. You know, for me, I think this team screams that they need physical athletes. I think the intricate, nice Barcelona football that was so popular years and years ago is out now. And it is literally power, speed, and everything. You know, okay, obviously Liverpool have fallen off the wagon <laughs> completely. Uh, we've all got Interestingly, as they brought yeah, in that technical got, player with Thiago. Yeah, we've all got the theories about why they dropped off as well. <laughs> um, but uh, do you know what I mean? They they, they showed it. You know, you, Juventus, um, that was so dominant for years and years and years, combined power, pace and athleticism. All, do you know what I mean? That's That's the way... It needs to go. And I think we need far more athletes and everything else and just physical presences than intricate, nice footballers. I'd still I'd still keep them. Like there's still there's people that I'd keep that are like that. I you know, if you're saying to me, James, would you buy Sabios and would you buy Odegaard? I think if the deal was at relatively reasonable price I would yeah because I think Sabayos as a squad player is worth is worth having I wouldn't start him because I'm all on the I'm, I'm all on that Basuma train mate <laughs> that's my, that's my guy that's the guy that I want to get yeah. but if, if if him or a party went down I would rather have a Danny Sabayos coming in than an El Nenny or Guendouzi yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I'd rather have him than El Nenny and Guendouzi absolutely yeah. and um, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I mean I, I mean chuck that as it chuck this as ease through oh yeah yeah it's easy yeah, exactly he's a technical I'm, player I, I'm already I'm already seeing I've already given him the you know he's he's gonna he's gonna do something yeah I, I think he's quality I, already just to answer a little bit more as well on Ash I, I think it is a little bit odd Ash that um that I know Sabas hadn't played much, but I find it a little bit odd if Party is imminently returning that we chose to sort of rotate the central midfield again. I know it's three games in a week, but like I said, I just feel 
I, f- I sometimes I feel like the, the rotation is a little bit overdone when the games are this thick and fast. There's other points in the season when you can, and Sebastian's had a lot of in and out, a lot of in and out all season. He's not an overplayed player. So I just, uh, okay, in three days, he's going to do a little bit more. Come on, let, let's, uh, let's, let, let's understand who we're up against. We're not up against, we're up against Fernandinho and co. You know, let, put, put what your best players are in there. So I just find that a bit odd, Ash. Yeah. Um, Sam, I am, um, sorry, Sam underscore I underscore am underscore 21. Uh, Sam, a great Arsenal fan. I work with Sam. She says, what do you make of all the abuse and criticism of our players by Arsenal supporters on social media to the point they've had to turn off their mentions? Um, obviously we've seen some terrible abuse towards Mikel Arteta and Eddie and Ketia coming out, obviously Granite Xhaka in the, in the past. And, you know, yeah, recently, Willian now as well showed some terrible stuff on Instagram. Does the criticism make them better and does it make them want to leave the club? Um, James, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I'll give you a little bit of my thoughts as well, but go ahead. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, obviously, the criticism doesn't make them better because I would say all of us on here have never abused a player. Obviously, I make my little jokes and everything here and there, but it's never to an extent that, you know, I'd say it's an abuse. You, you know, everyone on here has made cracks about certain players and everything else, but it's never abusive. You know, it's not to an extent of we're like, you know, get rid, you know, he's got this, that or the other. And some of the stuff about, you know, killing their family, killing their babies, doing it. Just, I think, sadly, um, with what's going on in the world, you want to see the best of society. And unfortunately, the worst is just constantly flagged up. And also, um, a lot of these people, I think in their head, they they think that when it flashes up, it's something that they can go to their mates and be like, oh, look, 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 he's, he's nibbed. You know, do you know what I mean? It's all about like, oh, he's bit, he's bit at me and it. But I'm like, but what you're saying to justify your nib or your bite is ridiculous. It's wrong. And it, sh- it shouldn't be happening. And also, and I hate, I hate going back to it, but the certain fan channel started in 2012 or 2013. So they've had about a nine year, 10 year. And people were watching that when they're about eight, nine or 10. Well, now they're 18, 19, 20, and they're still as immature as they were when they were nine or 10. And they've seen the screaming and hollering and shouting at the players and everything else. And they think, well, they've become celebrities off that. You know, he got, he's a commentator, one of them's a commentator on FIFA. He's now in America for, okay, I know that they're a sports brand that people go, well, yeah, they're trash. But they're, they're a big, do you know what I mean? They pull a big Sky Sports news whenever something happens. Bring him on as an expert. Or one of the people that are on his channel yeah. as an expert. They had one of them the other day speaking about racism. Who has racially abused someone that you and Neil and everything know. Yet yeah, he's considered yeah, an expert on racism in football. Yeah, it's, it's just well, uh, incredible. Pardon? Did you... And it, did, we're in that era of the loudest person. Doesn't matter how silly they yeah. are. 
yeah gets the attention gets the time and 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 that is so so even when and and i I don't describe but even when people are posting this and we look at what this person said for that person like you said that's success for them and um i agree with everything everyone says about you know you should have your your name should be written your your, whatever your driving license should be posted or whatever it is to get yourself in a for a social media account and if they can ban um you know, a, a video clip on Twitter within 10 seconds. How can they not ban someone from, from Twitter for disgraceful, that's, that's it, um, right. racist that's abuse? It. Uh, Sam, we, we completely agree with that. And I think it's the, the only sort of caveat to it, and it doesn't make it right, it doesn't justify it, it's completely wrong, is I would say this exists at every club. And because we're Arsenal fans and Arsenal has an absolutely massive social media following or just following in general, but social media following mm. on, on, on Twitter specifically and other, um, we are going to see all of it from Arsenal yeah. fans. But I can, I know for a fact it's existing across all clubs, yeah. which is making it, it doesn't make it better or worse. Well, that's true. You're so, you're so on the ball is people praise how big the following is and everything else. And that that channel praises, you know, oh, look, we've just reached a million. I'm like, but they're not yeah. Arsenal. You, it's other clubs yeah. laughing at you and clipping it up, going, look how stupid. And then we all get tarnished as being thickos. Yeah. And then it gets thrown on the other side, which Sam mentions, which is the one part I would question is, is, is does the criticism make them better? No, um, yeah. it doesn't necessarily. But if you are a professional footballer, you, abuse never. You have to expect criticism. If you're going to go ahead and have an Instagram account or Twitter account and play like we did yesterday and then go ahead and post something, on Instagram or Twitter, I do not agree with abuse whatsoever, but you you expect some criticism. And some of it, as long as it's respectful, is absolutely fine in my eyes. Yes. And, because and that, but the thing is, address it as well. Like they give they give out these weaky sort of statements, some of them, some of the players, and or they, you know, they express anger and everything afterwards. And I'm like, well, no, I want to see that on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, you know, earlier in the podcast, we addre- I, we addressed the criticism that we got last week. Yeah, okay, it, was, it wasn't abuse, but you know, I, I know, I know. Sometimes that I might get something historically wrong and inaccurate, and when the comment comes, I'm like, oh god, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thanks for bringing it up. You know, thanks for letting me know. And I'll try. You know, I'll, I'll do better next time, hopefully. Yeah, but, and obviously we're not getting you know to to the level of you know like some Grant no. Jacker mentioned his abuse etc. But again, with Grant Jacker, completely disagree agree with that, and I still believe in my heart of hearts that it's the minority. But at the same time, it's it's disgusting. It's not right, Sam, and we think it's completely wrong. But if you're going to go ahead, and Arsenal fans, you know, lots of real Arsenal fans are really really upset um, when 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 we lose, or just upset with the current situation at the club. If you're going to go ahead and be like, well, I'm going to post something after a game because I get three hundred thousand likes for it, yeah. you have to expect some criticism after that. You have to, and it's going to come your way. Now, if you have to block mentions for because you don't you can't handle criticism. That I think, then you just shouldn't have a social media account. Mm. The abuse, yeah, don't put yourself out there. Don't put yourself out there. Just don't even do it. If that affects your mindset, don't put yourself out there. Now, the yeah. abuse and everything like that, those people should be banned they're for not, life. They're, they're, not, never, they're not fans, Jack. They're idiots. They're just attention-seeking morons. Yeah, yeah. they're just exactly. absolute idiots. And like you said, that not not that the fan channel is is in charge of it and creates it, but it incites it. It justifies it. It's it's um again it it, it brandishes the 
the, the club with it. Um, and, um, it's part of the problem. And again, giving them a voice. Now there's big sort of, like you said, radio shows and TV shows giving, um, a certain sort of channel voices, um, to, to, to other people. Then people are going to start to look to them as, 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 you know, people to look up to and things like that, which is completely wrong. And then when you've got your own players interacting with these people, Mm-hmm. Um, and interacting with these fan channels, um, you start yeah. to feel that these players are quite out of touch with who the real fans are because there's a ton of them. As there is so many of them that look at these players and go, "Why mm. would you interact with fans like that?" Yeah. And it's their prerogative, but they do need to be a bit yeah. aware. Which, in fairness, Hector Bellerin is, but others mm. aren't about who the but actual real fans well, are at the club. Well, you know like I, mean? I said, there's so much focus on the negative, and there's nothing on the positive, mate. Um, if if people, you know, I'll use this podcast as an example. You know, we, we've got people of all different kinds of, you know, colour, creed, everything else. We've got people that are from America that have come on here. We've had, you know, you've had Lauren on here before previously. So, do you know what I mean? We, we, the listeners that we have are from all different corners and everything in the world. But yet we're being tarnished with this brush at the moment that we're not accepting of certain you know we were the first club to have a gay supporters club and section do you know what i mean gay gooners was the first of a premier league club to, and, and i'm proud of the fact that we had that you know we had we had the multi-faith prayer room installed in the emirates first i think we were the first premier league club to do that uh so you know there's this image that our oh, arsenal fans are racist and they're homophobic no they're not we're really not we, honestly, we re- if we were, I'd come on here and say we are because I've got no qualms of calling stuff like that out. But we're not. We're not. It's um, just we got, we, we got, we've just got idiots like every, like you said, every, every club, every yeah, other club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, completely agree with you, Sam. And it was disgusting. So hopefully, um, you know, it's really about social media scenes and things like that cracking down on it because it's unbelievable what they can crack down on. Um, but they can't crack down on on something like that, and it, it, it it's, yeah. it's terrible um, to be yeah. honest. But um, yeah. two more, and then we're gonna go. Stuby Doo um twenty three says, do you think Mikel showed them too much respect? Yes, I do. Um, Stuby Doo, that's a good name, Stuby Doo. Um, <laughs> Jacques Rowe and any partnership has always looked lackluster and Sabas and other God have linked up well lately. Yeah, I agree. Sabas should have started. Had no reason for me in my head for to to, to drop him from this game. Yeah. I think rot- rotation has been overplayed, and um, I think. I think when you watch us against some big teams, although yeah. the cup, the cup semi-final would be different. Liverpool away, like, City away. I think we gave them two. Jack has done eleven games in a row, ninety minutes. Yeah, so and it's I'll not ideal. No, I'd have hooked him out and made yeah. him Eddie and Sabios. Exactly, exactly. That's that. That's the point. And um, Jack, we know is one great thing about him is he keeps himself in top tip top. Yeah, shape. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, um, you've got to praise him for that. Yeah, absolutely. He does. He keeps himself yeah. right on top. So um, unfortunately, his tip top shape isn't level, but we'll get yeah. there. But um, our loan signing, my brother's giving me one at John Guna. There's <laughs> our loan signings um, without an option to buy completely pointless and I've gone back and forth with him on this I saw the um, if the player does well <laughs> the parent club takes him back if he doesn't they take him back what is the point and I listed a lot of loans he went that was an option to buy that was an option to buy so I found some that weren't an option to um, buy um, 
for example, Charisma to Chelsea wasn't Tevez to United was never an option to buy because he went to City after it, for example. Um, for me, I don't... Go and Perisic, a bad he, one then. I think, I think he said those were options <laughs> to buy, but he's gone from loans are pointless to loans without <laughs> options to buy are pointless. So he keeps changing the level. But um, what are your thoughts on the loan? Because we have two loans without option to buy in, well, three if you include Matty Ryan, I guess, um, but mm. two, two specifically from Real Madrid. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I presume he's saying that if there's not an option to buy, there's no incentive for the player to really feel like it's his home. And it's also yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also maybe the club doesn't want or whatever. So. It's, it's difficult because, again, it's another question that I don't think is one or the other. Um, I see where he's coming from and I, I sympathise and understand it. But at the same time as well is, is that, you know, they're players that, Maybe we're looking at, and again, Arsenal are guilty of it. It's recruitment so poor that we look short term all the time instead of maybe looking at the longer term. Uh, again, the Willian signing, he knew that he wasn't going to get a forward player because they were prioritising other positions. And Willian fell on his lap and he thought, well, look at the numbers that he pulled for Chelsea last season. Okay, it's a gamble. And it's a gamble that's ultimately not paid off. And these loans with options to buy, without options to buy, sorry, sorry, <laughs> I got that wrong. Um, yeah, these, these loans are, well, maybe they'll come in and get us to that level. And then, you know, if it doesn't, you know, if we don't end up buying them, maybe we can buy someone else or some, you know what I mean? It's just a case of trying to get to where that point is. And um, I don't necessarily believe that Ceballos and Odegaard have been completely terrible. I think Ceballos has been very hit and miss, but I think a lot of that is, is where he's not been, you know, he, we haven't seen him for so long and then he comes back, does well, don't see him, comes back, does well. It's like a rinse and repeat cycle. It. Well, when he's played and played regularly, um, I, th- I think there's been some really good points end of last season, um, even at points this season, certainly in the last two games where he yeah. played. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, you want to see the consistency from him. And the Odegaard one, I mean, just because there isn't an option to buy it, it doesn't mean you there's not a chance to buy them. There's been no. plenty of instances where players have been bought, right? Quadrado yeah. to Juve and, from Chelsea was one. Real Madrid's are definitely going to sell. They're yes. going to want to sell players because... They, you know, it's very rare that them and Barcelona don't buy Weldy at all. No, but they're they're all in crap with money. So yeah, and I think you have to understand the current predicament as well. I mean, we're currently in a post-COVID pandemic, and I think things like loans are just going to become much, much more Mm -hmm. normal. And I think that's something you have to realise as well, John. I'm afraid. Um, How long you got, James? Before you got to go. about five or ten minutes. Five minutes. All right, let's do five minutes on Benfica, mate. I am, I am bricking it for this game. To be honest, mate. As soon as the final whistle ended on Thursday, I was like, I, 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 I was, I'm dreading it. To be honest, but um, I, I don't know why I feel that way. And then, um, uh, well, I do, I guess. But um, so let's talk about. I mean, how would you set ourselves up? It's a must-win game. Um. Because it really is. I mean, if they score, it's a must-win game. And, uh, you know, um, so how would you set ourselves up and how do you see it playing out? So I, w- I would obviously, I would bring Cedric in for Bellerin. I think, um, yeah, at the moment now I've I've seen enough where I'm like, especially where we just had the question about criticism and abuse and everything else like that. 
I'm like, you're too, you're getting to a stage now where you're becoming like a second mesozoan, like you said earlier. So maybe take you out just to save you a bit from that. Um, I'd go back with Louise and Gabriel. Um, Tierney, I would start. I'd still start Tierney. Um, if party comes back, then obviously I'd chuck him in. Um, because regardless, even, right in. yeah, because he's better than all of them already. Are, are you <laughs> worried he, about the whole Tottenham situation? Um, you know, the things like that again, uh, always, but it's risk and it's risk and reward now. And he's when we signed him, I keep saying it when we signed him, he was better than everyone there to begin with. So, you, you know, even him at 60% is still better than El Nene at 100, or Xhaka at 100, Sabiasa. So even if, you know, 55, 50%, whatever you want to call it, he's still better than what we had. So yeah, he always, he'll always start for me. But if not, no, Xhaka and Sabayos there, I would put Smith Rowe back at the 10. I wouldn't play him wide. And I would do Saka, Lacassette up top and Aubameyang on the left. I, I, don't, I know I'm a Pepe fan and everything else, but yeah, I'd, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start him. I'd go with that. Because again, you know, for all that, I don't think Lacassette's going to stay. And when he came on yesterday, he looked terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he, he looked so out of shape as well, where I thought that he's played his socks off and done really well. He just looked bloated and slow yesterday. Um, and again, as well, it's a case of, if I know I'm going, why am I going to give 100% anyway? Because it ruins my transfer. It ruins my big sign-on fee for Because it's his last contract, so whoever's going to give him it are going to give him what I'd say is good money. Um, so he might be like, why should I overexert myself and potentially, you know, F up what could be my last ever transfer and everything else. And um, yeah, I'd go, I'd go with that. I'd go with that front three. And again, just like we keep saying, just quick, fast football. Because they can't, they won't cope with that. We, we could, if we wanted to, we could blow them out of the water. Or we should have blown them out of the water last week. But Aubameyang just had a, you know, he had a bad day at the office. Because, it wasn't a case of a bad day that he wasn't getting himself in the position and he was lazy in his body language like he was in this game. He was in the positions, but what he did let him down. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's um. I mean, I, I'm concerned because I, I just I sense they'll 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 certainly come into the game a little bit more. I expect them to probably start that Everton Suarez. Is it the Brazilian? Um, yeah, left yeah, wing. We we had a good, good effort. Yeah. yeah, and I expect them to play a few more attacking players and and play with a bit more intention, which might play into our favour if we can mm. if we can defend against that. I pretty much agree with your your lineup. I drop Bellerin. I've been saying that for weeks. I don't expect him to do that. Um been saying that for weeks because of his footballing ability everyone right football I'm not talking about anything else right quite like him as a chap got a nice little cockney accent on him right definitely you know seems like he's a proper Londoner not that that matters but um footballing wise I've had concerns with him for well pre-injury even to be honest um so there's that, that that's okay that criticism's okay yeah, um if anyone can come and say that he hasn't regressed then come and tell me because I'd love to hear how you don't think he has <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's just it's it's been quite a regression for me, and um, he's you know he's back fit now for long enough and things like that, and I think Cedric's done well from the left, right, and it'd be quite nice to see him on the, on his favoured side, to be honest. It's a big game to call it in, but um, I think he's probably earned it, to be honest. So I think playing your best players, I think he's probably earned it. I'd play, I I actually agree with you. I'd play Lacaroba Saka as a top front three, and I'd drop Odegaard out and put Smith Rowe in, and um, yeah, I think I'd I'd do the, I'd do the same as what you said. What's your prediction um, for the score? James, I'm, I am um, concerned. I'm going to be brave and go 2-0. 2-0. So I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0, okay. Yeah, and I'll go Lacassette as well. That's a safe, safe well, option. That is, well, that's a big one because I don't think a lot of people are going to call him starting, to be no, honest. Um, no, so that's a big one. Um, I'll go I'll go 2-1. I think we'll definitely concede. So... Mm. I'll go to I'll go two one, um, and I'll say Saka two one Saka, and um, um, if if um, I don't want to contemplate it, but just before you go, if um, obviously if we go through great, you know, into the next round, there's some really tough teams in the Europa League. To be fair, it's not like um, you know, there's some proper teams in it. Yeah. Um, but um, if 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 <clears throat> don't go through, mate, because our next podcast won't be till afterwards, and I'm sure we'll talk about it either way then. Um, yeah. From, from from my perspective, season's pretty much over at that point. Um, just where do you, where do you stand on things at that point if it goes that way? Well, um, for me, I would say that it gives serious ammunition to an already big section of the fan base that don't want him here, and um, I think he stays regardless. I agree. I think Be, he's beyond given, the summer, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's given the I'm summer up. window. And if we're in the same place that we're in now, come November uh, slash Christmas, then the plug's got to be pulled. Because I don't see what excuse he can have if he is given another summer. Um, and, but also, it top to, it's, it's top to bottom. Every single person has got to be on it for that summer. And that's board, manager, and then obviously who we sign. And yeah. we got to be, we got to be quicker. We got to be smarter. You know, like like, like I mentioned uh, before, Arsene Wenger had to jump on. Was it Clefontaine or whatever it was when we first come in the France Academy? Oh yes, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. The France Academy with yeah, yeah, yeah. Trez again. Yeah, yeah, him. Him and um, Gerard Houllier, when they come in, they had to jump on that more than anybody. But then eventually people caught up and realised. He had that whole market and players, French players and everything else. He had... Yeah, and then people like, caught up on it. Edu, with what he got with a Martinelli, especially now in this post-Brexit world, where it's going to be easier to sign these players that are From further South away, potentially, than it is... Yeah, I'm like, you've got to get some more Martinelli's. You know, you've got to go to Gran Giacomare or whatever it is, which is the Brazilian version of that Clefon. Because cause I'm like, you've seen them all. You were the selector for two, was it two or so years? He was the national team selector. And that was at all levels as well. That wasn't just senior level. I think he was picking for youth in it. So I'm like, yeah, just look. There must be more Martinelli's out there. And it... There's got to be a right back in there somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just got to be, and and not all this leaving it. Okay, I was, I'm, I'm happy that we signed party and everything else on deadline day. I was, yeah, I was so happy, but we got to be quicker. 
we got to be quicker because I think that's all without uh, European football if if potentially yeah yeah and I mean that again you know for me I would deem that failure and I would say again he's very lucky to have kept his job but then I said the same I said the same with you and I I couldn't believe that you and I was potentially going to get a new contract after the Europa debacle yeah yeah yeah. because it's like we said earlier you, you put all your eggs in the one basket and I was like, okay, if you've done that, you've got to secure the bag over in Baku, my friend. And we completely capitulated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just, even close. Yeah, yeah. And like you said earlier, you only had yeah. to win one of those games. Yeah. Don't and I worry, I do worry about the two-legged game under Arteta more than the one-legged game. I worry about sort of thinking about what we already have, which was nothing really in terms of a draw, <laughs> a way goal. Um, but I think I, I, I worry about, you know, um, NBA and able to sort of, you know, release the team and letting them play with yeah. freedom. Um, yeah. because you see, even in this, in that first game, I felt we kind of settled in the last 15 minutes when I think, you know, we, we really should have been pushing to get a final goal. Um, at least one more. I know we'd missed some chances, but we, that's another reason we had to keep pushing. Um, you know, if we, if we'd scored them, then I would have been more okay with it, but, but we hadn't. So game state, I'm not, I'm not convinced on it for, for, for a two legged game yet, but. Let's see. Let's hope we don't have to contemplate everything that we just discussed in the last five minutes, other than the result predictions. Let's hope we're talking about those. Thank you to everyone that's listened. Thank you to everyone that asked questions on at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter. You can go to youtube.com slash Purely Arsenal to find and subscribe to us. We had another review on iTunes, which was lovely. We've got 138 reviews on iTunes. Five stars, of course, because I delete any of the bad ones. I can't remember who the review was from, but it was very, very nice they said they said some very very nice things they said i absolutely love it was from was it bernie account burner account was it burner account it was jack 1a Uh, it says uh, no it was from Tariq. Tariq, thank you, Tariq. Um, Aguna Must Podcast, absolutely love it. Guys are funny. That's probably you. And informative. <laughs> and seriously, must listen for every Arsenal fan. We've got 138 of those bad boys, which is pretty good going, I think. I've checked out the Tuesday Club. We've got more than them. So, oh, maybe we haven't. Yeah, we've got, I think we've got a few more than them. Uh, that's because, you know, that's because Alan Davies talks too much about the youngsters, you see. He's still saying Willock should be starting for us. Don't do that, Alan. Um, all right. Thank you, James. I'll let you no go. Worries. Thank you, mate. Back after, um, the big win on Thursday. Yeah, yeah Friday's, Friday could be. A very happy podcast. Yeah. yeah. A very podcast. Yeah, before before nice. we think about we got less than X, we'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it, we'll leave it. All right, up the Arsenal, boys. All right, take care. And girls, thank you. <laughs>